Giants, what I'm about. And what I'm about is an old school physical mentality. Okay? We're going to put a product on the field that the people of this city and region will be proud of. Because this team will represent this area. We'll play fast, we'll play downhill, we'll play aggressive. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes, we'll play every play like it's a history and a life of its own with a relentless competitive attitude. going on everybody good evening welcome to another episode of big blue avenue i'm your host tom scavetta joined alongside my co-host sam cardona and hank and dictor sam hank we are back to our normal selves this week coming off our costume show <laughs> that did not help the fortune of the giants on sunday but how's it going tonight it's going good, Tom. It is going good. I'm excited to recap this game, even though it's another loss for us, but it was a primetime game, and we got to put our full energy into it on Monday night, so I'm excited to get into today's show. Tom, it's going pretty good. Glad I got to watch the game with you on Monday, even if it was yet another heartbreaking and predictable giant loss, but otherwise, honestly, not too much complaints for me. How are you doing, my guy? Doing good. You know, we got a little bit surprised on Monday night. We got a little bit surprised. We are now one and two, or one and three, I should say, watching Giants games in the same venue. That includes the Broncos week one game. The only win we saw was the infamous Colt McCoy against the Seahawks last year in Seattle. Um, But, folks, remember to follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Please subscribe. Really appreciate it. Um, and we are going to go over some week eight recap against those Kansas City Chiefs. No guests tonight. Uh, we're just going to roll through with the three of us next week. We're going to have an exciting guest, though. Uh, can't wait to reveal who that is for you. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you. What were your general thoughts on this football game? Because I'll be quite honest, I was surprised with how poorly Kansas City played. Oh, yeah. Honestly, by the time we reached like the end of the third, I was fully convinced that we were going to win this game. I was convinced that when we took the lead, that we were going to just keep on keep that lead and be able to win. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I was very surprised, not only with how bad the Kansas City Chiefs were, I was very surprised with how well the Giants were playing. There was a lot of times where instead of me going, oh, come on, I was going, oh, my God, like we actually did that. So I'm really stoked that we are improving. However, there are still so many things that we need to work on because these were games that we should have won. Like I genuinely think that we should have a winning record by now, and we just don't because there's still things that haven't been tweaked. And whether those things will be tweaked this year or next year, I don't know, but um, I'm I'm happy with the fact that we are, in, it seems like we're slightly improving week after week and surprising not only us, but I think people who don't even know that Giants are actually a good football team. 
Yeah, Very true. Makes a lot of sense. I thought I had a brief. I I can't say I was optimistic of, as you were when the Giants took the lead, but I mean, at the very least, I had a little bit of hope. I mean, when if Evan Engram is scoring a touchdown late in the game, Evan Engram gets a touch catch, you're like, oh my gosh, we might win. But then you remember it's the Giants, and they give up the field goal. And as we're going to talk about later, they're probably one of the worst teams at the two minute drill when it comes to like late in the game and trying to like take the lead or tie a game or whatnot. But you know what? It is what it is. I thought it was going to be uglier, but I felt like last, last uh, Monday's game really had more to do with how much worse Kansas city is than we thought than the giants being close. But again, it is what it is. I'm not really surprised or angry. I'm just like sad now whenever they lose. You know what? Hank, we were at the bar Monday night with our fellow yep. Chiefs friend, uh, Chiefs friend fan, Paul Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Um, when Kyle Rudolph scores that touchdown, first thing I motioned to you, I'm like, Kyle one, Evan zero. <laughs> and of course, Evan Ingram decides to score a touchdown in that game. I still, I, I placed the bet earlier this season that Rudolph will finish the season with more touchdowns than Evan Ingram. Uh, he was ahead for about a quarter. Now they're tied again, but uh, I'm still holding hope that Rudolph outscores Ingram in the end zone. And we have our first comment of the night from Jamie. Sam is here with her giant water bottle. Now it's a party. It's like my trademark now. I have my 48 water bottle. I do have my Saquon on here um, doing his notable leap. But thank you, Jamie. It is a party with me and my water bottle here. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be very interesting to uh, go through this show tonight because we have a lot of things to talk about. But speaking of uh, apparel that we're wearing, I got my hat. Sam, your shirt came. Yes, my shirt came today. I was so excited about it. The second I opened the package, I texted both of you guys, and I was like, I'm wearing this tonight. I'm so excited about it. So review and preview merch is a, is coming in. People are receiving it. It's so much fun. I got my mugs up there in the closet. I should have brought them out. But, uh, yeah, I got some stuff today as well. Still waiting for a bunch more. I was the one lunatic that bought one of everything. So oh, God um, bless you. <laughs> Still waiting on my hoodie, but last week in my last episode of Hidden for the Cycle, I was rocking my shirt and I was rocking my own cap. Really excited when they came. I, I can't wait for my hoodie to come. It's going to keep me warm during these next few cold months. Can't wait to rock the brand, you know? Well, let's go back in time and relive this uh, exciting game wide opening. Even though it was a loss, there were a lot of things to talk about. Giants ended up losing by a final of 22-17, but... Uh, early on, the Chiefs enter the red zone. They're moving the football down our throats. And then I believe it was a third and goal play where Mahomes throws an interception in the red zone to Julian Love, giving the Giants the football. But then two plays later on Daniel Jones' first pass of the game, he gets picked off by Willie Gay Jr. And that eventually led to a Chiefs touchdown. Mahomes found Tyreek Hill in the back of the end zone, 7 nothing. Guys, it's plays like those being able to not capitalize off of turnovers. In fact, not even hold the ball for more than two plays. That's what kills this team. Uh, 
I, I looked at that play. I'm like, oh, here we go. We're in for another long night. Daniel Jones is going to have a bad football game. But despite going down early, Daniel Jones recovered. Mm-hmm. I have never seen a player audible so many plays at the line of scrimmage on the road in a place like Arrowhead and be that successful. No, you are so right. And the, and even on the broadcast, they were showing the machine, whatever it is, showing the decimal of how loud people were screaming there. And of course, we'll we'll talk a little bit later about the whole headset issue and that whole debacle. But the fact that he was able to overcome those things just kind of shows how he's growing as a player, as a leader. I, that I I think Daniel Jones, it wasn't his most phenomenal game, but oh. to see him bounce back the way he did, I was like, wow, he's growing as a player. Yeah, for sure. I, for I sure. completely agree with that. It's We're seeing more progress with him as the season goes along. And for him to do it in such a hospital environment too, like you mentioned, right. Sam, I think that's huge. And again, I hate to I hate to keep playing the what if factor on you guys, but I mean, considering the way the Giants have been, it's kind of necessary at this point. If the Giants had won this game, I think you could make the case that this could have very well been one of Daniel Jones's signature wins. Was it a pretty game? No, but at the end of the day, if a quarterback wins you a game in a hostile environment like Kansas City and against a team that has been to the last two Super Bowls, I don't care how the Chiefs have looked that would have been impressive. And it was one of those reasons where I selfishly, well, okay. I shouldn't really say selfishly, but get my point. I just wanted them to hold on to that lead so badly, but again, same different week, same old giants, same old giants. I even placed a bet with Paul. I'm like, giants are up right now. I'll leave this bar, drive home. And tell you that I will check my phone and the Chiefs will have won this football game. I was not no. wrong in no, that statement. Tom, uh, I was would have done the same thing if I were in your shoes. No, it's so, but it's true. I mean, the fact that we don't have faith in our team to finish a football game that we're willing to bet money on it should just go to show how bad we are at ending games. Every time it's a close game, it's literally the safest bet in Vegas. I mean, we, oh. we won the, the Panthers game the other week because we were up by so many points and the Panthers couldn't literally couldn't physically come back. That's why we won that game. Yeah, I mean, even Paul lost all his confidence in the Giants in that oh, game. Crazy. So uh, I'm sorry, in his Chiefs in that game. That's when you know it's it's bad. If you're losing to the Giants late, you know, you have some serious issues. That Chiefs yeah. team has some serious issues. Oh, he was um, pissed, rightfully so. He was pissed, but Giants, look, Kyle Rudolph scored his first touchdown as a Giant. Really happy to go over that. A one-yard touchdown pass on fourth and goal on a play action. Sam, take me through that play and what went through your mind. Well, when I saw it happening, um, for a, for quite just just a small second, I saw Kyle Rudolph in a purple jersey, in a Minnesota <laughs> Vikings purple jersey, because that's what Kirk Cousins would do with Kyle Rudolph when he was on the Minnesota Vikings, and that is why we wanted to bring him in in the first place was his red zone presence as a tight end. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh my God, we're using him for what he's good at," and that was what was one of the best things 
about this for me. And if you guys are been been watching the show for a while, you guys know how much I love Kyle Rudolph and how much I've liked him since we've picked him up in free agency. So this drive was really great. And to see the drive end in that way with Daniel Jones throwing a pass in the end zone as opposed to throwing it outside the end zone and a receiver running it in, I was relieved that this was something that we could do as an offense. So if we could do it against Kansas City, we could do it again and not have so much conservative play calling as we do um, and actually look like a real football team. I agree. I mean, you, Hank, look at the plays that set up that touchdown. The big pass to John Ross, 50-yard catch. The play fake where they give it to Tony, and then Tony throws to Shepard for a first down. Kadarius Tony throwing a pass. Second week in a row, a wide receiver's throw to pass. And what was really – this was such a sad stat. Did you know this was Daniel Jones's first touchdown pass completed inside the end zone this season? So all of his touchdown passes prior to that one – were caught outside of the end zone and ran in. This was the first pass he completed inside the end zone where the receiver caught it, scored, and had to do nothing more. If it takes you eight weeks to do that, that's very sad. Mm -hmm. I knew he'd struggled with that like in weeks prior before during the season, but I didn't didn't think it was that bad. Jeez. But then again, are we really that surprised? But it just shows that if we do it once, we can do it again. And I am a firm believer in that, that this this game, you know, while it did end in a loss, there's a lot of things in this game that we can repeat and do again in another game and possibly win. Well, Sam, we promised you Kyle Rudolph time tonight, and here we go. It's our clip of the night heading into the film room with the Big Blue Avenue crew. So... (laughs) But before we kind of, oh gosh, I did not even try to throw a pun there, and I just did. Um, okay, so Look at that. you can't see Devontae Booker. He's cropped out behind the fullback, Elijah Penny, number 39. And the first thing you notice on this play before it even begins, the Chiefs look like they're playing run blitz, right? Which this signals, this is probably a good time to throw play action. They have 10 men in the box. There's only one man out, and that's the guy right there with his helmet sticking in. And you see Caden Smith is here, and you see the sixth offensive lineman, number 79. Now, that's Corey Cunningham, right? Now, as the play starts to to develop, Kyle Rudolph is on the left. They play fake to Booker, and then Rudolph catches that ball for a touchdown. But I want you to follow Rudolph throughout this whole play. As Jones snaps the ball, Rudolph starts as a blocker. Mm -hmm. So he blocks the edge rusher. Two people follow Caden Smith. Now there's only three players running routes. As you see, Devontae Booker throws a little chip block there on the pass rusher, and Rudolph just goes free against the linebacker. Such a good play. Yeah. and Such a good play. We'll show it again, but uh, Sam, just talk to me here. Just look at how well this is lined up by the Giants. No, it really – and I remember watching this and saying, like, wow, the offensive line started so tight. And to show, like, yes, it would go off to the left there. Um, and the fact that they they went for it and they followed him. And while the, the thing is, too, Kyle Rudolph is big. So as mm-hmm. a blocking tight end, there's more, more likely than not he's not going to be a target. So if they continue – if defenses continue to believe that, he's definitely someone to be targeting more – 
because they're not going to cover him. They're going to be covering the faster guys, the receivers, the running backs. So I, I love this play, and I think it looks great. It looks phenomenal. It ended in a beautiful touchdown. I love it. And there's nobody close to him in the end zone either. No, not even a little bit. It's great. Yeah. Not one person suspected them to throw the ball to Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, that's that's just a great textbook play by the Giants. Um, the problem was, though, the Giants, they couldn't stop the run. Derek Gore seemed to run all over the Giants all night long. In fact, Paul thought it was Frank Gore until he realized <laughs> that they elevated Derek from the practice squad. And Derek Gore ended up scoring a three-yard touchdown to put the Chiefs up 14-7. to And then on the next drive, the Giants, they did a long drive of their own. Nice little play action to Rudolph. They had a nice screen pass to Devontae Booker, 41-yard pass. And then they had a um, there was a roughing the passer called against Legereus Sneed, which put the Giants in the red zone. But on a third and four in the red zone, down by seven, they throw a two-yard out route to Sterling Shepard. That. Now, I just have to say something really quick. I don't know, since you guys were at the bar, I don't know if you could hear what was being said, but I was watching on the Manning cast, and uh, mm-hmm. our, our good friend Michael Strahan was on during this time, and he said before this happened, he goes, why do they do why do they run plays where it's a four yard it's four yards to the first down and they throw a three yard pass what is the point of that and the second he said it they did it and michael strahan starts freaking out in his house he's like why do they do that and i was like you know what michael you are absolutely correct why do they do that that is the most random thing ever and michael strahan also thought it was frank gore (laughs) that's frank gore and they were like no and then that's great I asked Paul, I'm like, is that his son? Is Frank Gore old enough to have a son? I'm like, I'm he not does. Sure. His son is in college. That's cr- oh wow. His son could be like in the league within the next one to two years. Very true. He's yeah. been a rookie right around the time we even started watching football or we even knew the NFL <laughs> existed. That's crazy. That's just, just to show you how bad this first half was. So the Giants settled for a field goal. They're down by four, 14 to 10. And you think you're playing the Chiefs. You're down by four on the road in the first half. That's great. Not this year against this Chiefs team. What was worse was we get the football back. So we move the ball to about midfield with maybe two minutes, a minute left in the first half. Giants are threatening. They're going to score at least three. False start by Will Hernandez. Back up five yards. Next play. Holding on Nate Solder, back up 10 yards. Daniel Jones, delay of game. 20 penalty yards kept the Giants from scoring on that drive. And you could have argued if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot there, the Chiefs would have wound up going into overtime with the Giants. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's just do your job, don't commit any silly penalties, score the football. I mean, it was really rough just watching that drive because then the second half starts off. The Chiefs, they're driving down the field again. And then Logan Ryan strips Travis Kelsey of the football. Kelsey did not have the best game by any means. Logan Ryan forces a fumble, recovered by James Bradbury. He's a tight end. That's surprising. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Kelsey was the – if you if I placed a bet – and you told me one tight end was going to fumble in this game, I would not have bet Travis Kelsey. No. I totally would have bet number 88 in blue. It didn't mm-hmm. happen that way. <laughs> Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. fumbled. And then the Giants yeah. go and take the lead against the Chiefs. And me and Hank have this exact same reaction when the Giants take the lead 
at the end of the third quarter, where is this coming from? Okay, I'm I'm over I'm being a little over dramatic with the Macaulay Culkin like expression, but either way, it was pretty much accurate. I was not I was not expecting Evan Engram to have the other touchdown catch, but I mean, you know what? It was necessary. We needed it. Yeah. It gave me hope even for a little bit. And another thing I want to piggyback to your point about the penalties. This was another example of the Giants having one of their more undisciplined games of the season. And normally when there's a game where the Giants commit like at least 10 penalties, I always feel like there's like at least one or two, maybe even three calls that were like ticky tacky. No, I looked at that replay again. None. I I think all the penalties that were called on the Giants were pretty much correct. The Giants definitely have nobody to blame but themselves for these whatsoever. And we, we can't keep having these, these games like this. Yeah. And I think the chiefs had a lot of penalties as well. So it was more than us actually. It was, it was a rough game in terms of penalties. We got a comment on YouTube from Corey Santander. Corey, how's it going? Really appreciate your comment. The chiefs played so poorly. I would not be surprised if Jordan love has a good game this weekend. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I I think the Packers are going to beat them still. Yeah. I said that I texted that in our group chat the other day. I was like, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers has COVID. I do not see the Chiefs beating the Packers. That's how bad they look. Packers have a good defense this year. Yeah, they do. That's a good point. That's a good point. I still Although, have the Chiefs, but who knows? There, there, is, there is no Bob Dunn in. I'll give you that. There's tight ends. Uh, so the Chiefs, they kick two field goals to eventually win the football game. I mean, this was just a game – filled with mistakes late. Um, Giants failed to capitalize when the game was tied. Elijah Penny, had a, they ran a nice little play action to him on third and one. He caught the pass, ran for about 15 yards, and then the, the defender pushed him about 10 yards forward into that Chiefs was territory. The that drove me up the wall the most. And then he's that going up to Ben Neiman. He's going up to Ben Neiman taunting him. Like the, there's the no, no need. That was the worst time possible to take a penalty to take a taunting penalty. Like, why? If you don't want it, don't need you it. You don't need it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think there was a face mask penalty against Travis Kelsey at some point, and I'm as I rewatched that one, that one was not. That one looked like he was grabbing the ball, and it just happened that he was like brushing up against his helmet. But I don't think he was holding on to his face mask. But that's the only penalty that I would say was not the best call. I think he may have caught the bottom corner of the face mask, mm. I but I didn't see the head turn. No. At the end of the day, though, since his, his hand was right around the face mask area, like, unfortunately, that that's why I can't really have a dispute with that penalty because the rule says if you grab the face mask, it's a face mask. I mean, you it know, is what it is, but... It is what it is, but it's comments like these that make me happy that we do what we do. And it's from Brian Attard, former guest of Big Blue Avenue, multiple times. The three of you are truly wonderful people for continuing to break down what's going on with the Giants during such a disappointing year and still making it excellent coverage. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it so much, Brian. And uh, Brian, one more thing I have to say. Thank goodness we have a good hockey team. LGR. Wow. (laughs) Let's go Rangers. November 16th, we will be there. 
looking forward to that. Um, yes, sir. Awesome. We got one red, white, and blue team that's playing well. <laughs> um, shout out to Brian. Make sure to check him out on Blue Truth tonight on the Sports Box and the Blue Truth Facebook page. Go like that if you haven't already. At 8, I think he's going live at 8.30 p.m. That's usually when he yes, goes he live. Uh, make sure to go check that out and drop him some comments as well if you're a Rangers fan or if you're a fan of any hockey team. Noah Dibler. Woo. Uh, congratulations, Noah, on winning the World Series. Well, not you. Noah, yeah. what's good, my guy? <laughs> Noah himself team. actually won the World Series. It's just him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my, um, he, he turned out to be my most frequent guest on Heading for the Cycle towards the end of the season, and for good reason, because his Atlanta Braves made one of the more shocking runs to a World Series championship that I've ever seen in my <laughs> lifetime, and – Noah, congrats once again on finally getting to see your team win a World Series championship. I know you've waited your whole life, and let me just say there is no better feeling in the world than seeing any of your any of your teams win a championship. You can ask Tom. We both felt the same way on February third, two thousand eight, which obviously seems like distant memory now, but it was still a great night. Eight thirty, yes. Make sure to check out Brian Attard. Uh, Brian, we, we tough tough schedule Friday, Saturday in Canada, both away games. That's going to be interesting. But we'll let you do the Rangers talking. <laughs> we'll do the Giants talking. Make sure to check out Brian tonight. Thanks, pal. I was one pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yes, you were Noah. It's uh, all Noah. Yeah, uh, but we're pretty much done with this recap now. Oh, um, I thought the oh. Besides the penny penalty, the taunting, the O'Shane Zimenez offsides on the Darnay Holmes interception. Oh my God! I, like I, I'm getting more gray hair the more <laughs> I, I look at it. Like you see the side; it's pretty gray over here. Um, oh, you guys! This is not okay. I mean, <laughs> you just got to start coming to the hair salon. Twenty six going on fifty six, man. It's it's not it's not okay. Um, this football no. team has been bad for almost a decade now, and the Giants were primed to compete with the Cowboys for the NFC East this year. Brian would tell you right now, he we were the team he was probably most concerned about heading into the season, and now Brian's not concerned about anybody. He's <laughs> he not. And I'm right not concerned so. about anybody. And in fact, it worked out that Dallas beat Minnesota on Sunday night football because the Giants can't even catch the Cowboys. They can only catch the Vikings. Yep. And now the Panthers, it's crazy. The seventh seed and the sixth seed are two teams the Giants beat. The only two teams the Giants beat are currently both in the playoffs for the How NFC. How is that possible? How is know. that possible? Um, I don't know. Well, also, shout out to Keon Crossan for getting a sack in this game. Young guy. We don't really talk about him much. And then um, how about the Billy – Price slide on fourth down on the last play of the game. What a way to end a miraculous. That man had a god-awful game. God-awful. <laughs> it started out way in the beginning where he literally blocked Devontae Booker from running, right? I believe it was Booker who was taking that ball. Yep. Just straight up had no idea. I'm like, you're wearing white. The other yep. team is wearing red. That's why you wear opposite colors so you don't block your own teammate. <laughs> Christ. 100% Tom, it was the Giants that I thought were the closest Eagles stink and Washington football team is a disaster. Giants should be better than this. They should be and I think we should be 5 and 3 because yeah. the Washington game, 
the Atlanta game and the Chiefs game are all games that we should have won. Agreed. But we've yeah. been saying this for the last five years, so what good is it? We should have won this. We should have won that. But we didn't. It's these small little plays that make the difference between good teams and bad teams, and the Giants are a bad football team right now. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm a very realistic person. I'm going to give you my opinion. I'm going to be optimistic when the team is good. I'm going to be a little negative when the team is bad and call people out. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Judge, uh, Steve Ellis, I guess we can start looking toward, I, I don't know what I just did there. I was stuck in spooky week. Uh, <laughs> guess we can start looking towards the draft. Well, you know, you don't want to be thinking about April in week nine, Steve. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if your head is there. I give you a, a ton of credit. My head cannot possibly be there yet. I'm I'm still focused on the Raiders this week, but I don't blame you for your head being there at all. Um, hopefully we get a couple of hog mollies. Um, and that's another thing. Dave Gettleman emphasized fixing the offensive line problem. Somehow he's made the offensive line worse throughout his four years here at GM. Last year, the O-line was ranked dead last this year, they're ranked 30th. Now, granted, there's been injuries, but that's Gettleman's own fault for not drafting depth at the position. If you're going to wait until after preseason to sign, and, and I mean no disrespect to Bredesen and Skura, but to sign Band-Aids, then don't be telling me that you're going to like try to fix the offensive line. during. No. And that's that's one big reason as to why I highly doubt he is going to have a job with the Giants next season. And it's a recurring problem because it's not just him, but even Jerry Reach had this problem. He saw got playmakers that had skills. Uh, we don't need these offensive linemen who are more important. Let's take the guys who are a luxury, like a skill player. Oh, Zach Martin. I don't, don't need him. We, let's take Odell Beckham Jr. You could ask Brian about Zach Martin. You could ask me about Zach Martin because I'm a Notre Dame fan. I watched the kid play for five years. He's really good, and he's still really good, even though he's 30 now. He's really good. Same thing with Quentin Nelson. You could argue, well, maybe the Giants trade down and take Quentin Nelson, gain some more draft capital. In all likelihood, that's what they should have did in 2018. They should have never went Barkley to overall. If you stayed it too, I can't blame them for taking Barkley there. I'm not going to get into that debate, but Corey, Corey, man, thank you so much. Uh, I'm very surprised with how bad Washington's defense has been. I agree with you 100. percent They've been atrocious. Um, Chase Young has not looked like the same player. I don't know where Montez Sweat has been. Also, Corey, make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We're going to have some great Giants Raiders content uh, coming for you in just a few moments. Um, really appreciate you uh, commenting, but. Yeah, he, he they they they've been bad. Um they actually they might be the worst team in the NFC East thinking about mm. it. Mm. You think that's a stretch? Well, they did beat us. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how good Philadelphia really is. I mean, yes, they just put up 40 something points against the Lions, but it was also the Lions. So I, I'd hate to walk into Philadelphia. I mean, you know you lost before the season even started. So that's just the way it goes with Philly. They're 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 the one team I don't care what I say about their team. Dallas and Washington, I, I have to watch what I say because you can actually have legit conversations with their fan bases. Uh, 
Steve, very undisciplined. I'm trying to be nice today. Tonight, Facebook <laughs> spanked me for my rant on Tuesday. I remember uh -oh. Steve's rant on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, a lot of hate against Big Davy Boy and Joe Judge, and I don't blame him for it. It's uh, rightfully so. <laughs> Dave Kettleman is a joke. He's mad Carolina one or two easy wins a year against us when he was there. Well, Gettleman had so much success in Carolina, which is very surprising if you yeah. think about it. But he had a um, one team, he had a fifteen and one team and made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, couldn't even do that if he was if. <laughs> also, did we mention that we we did mention the Giants' two minute drill is pathetic. Joe Judge not yeah. knowing when to call a timeout. Oh um, god, that, that really made me mad. The fact that we took forty seconds off of the clock to go down to the two minute warning. We had one timeout left. Like, yeah. yes, would we want to keep it? Maybe, but in that point in time, don't wait for the clock to run out. That was 40 seconds. Instead of a minute left on the clock, we could have had a minute and 40 seconds. Like By the way, I got something to say regarding the headset issue that he said. Mm. I call BS on that. Let me explain why. He had to have known that he screwed up in that situation. Him saying that like he had a problem with the headset, no, nah. -uh. He said the same thing in week one after the Denver Broncos game where he said, oh, I knew the rule. I just threw the flag to like get the ref's attention. No, that's a trend. I'm sorry. I'm not saying Joe Judge should be fired or anything like that, but don't go telling me that making up some random reason for certain mistakes you made and then go to a press conference and say, oh, I had the headset issue. No, that is an excuse. And let me tell you something. New Yorkers can smell a phony right away. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Yeah, you're right. Uh, ten, 10 penalties too. Crazy. Uh, second most in a single game this season. Somehow couldn't quite take advantage of the Chiefs' 12 penalties. Very unfortunate. Um, couldn't stop the run. Corey with the let's go Raiders comment. Sound like Coach O right there. Raiders. <laughs> not, not quite. Andy Hopper is a really good Coach O impersonation. <laughs> go Tigers. Go <laughs> James Robinson. James, what's up? Uh, the James Robinson, I, I hope. Uh, why did Philly not sell? Could get ca capital for Hargrave, even Cox. Um, because Philly is a dysfunctional franchise with a GM named Howie Blowsman, who doesn't know <laughs> how to manage the cap. You know what's funny is that you say that, and I bet you Eagles fans say the same thing. He is a horrible GM. That's not even biased. It, it, it's true. I think the no, Eagles would be much right. He's worse than Gettleman. He, he is worse Pretty than horrible. Gettleman. He's one of the few GMs that is worse than Gettleman. Um, and it stinks. The NFC East dysfunction is so insane. Bad. <laughs> Eagles are two to three years away from being two to three years away. <laughs> oh. they, they, they might be drafting a QB again this year, Brian. Hopefully they, they, they take a flyer. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Hopefully they take Sam Howell or something. He's going to be bad in the NFL. Um, he's not doing too well right now in UNC. And then blaming the headset for his lack of knowing what's going on. Yeah, and that's another good point, too. Um, look. I get it. Like you're on the road. They had a lot of injuries too in this game. Shepard got hurt again, which it's a shame because Shepard suffered a different injury from what he had. He had a quad injury this time. 
uh, Dante Pettis left the game too. It looked like he broke his arm out there, which he didn't, but it, that that's what it looked like at the time. I'm like, what else could go wrong with this team? When Logan Ryan is calling for all NFL stadiums with turf to, swi- to switch to natural grass, he's on to something. I've walked on the field at MetLife before. I've walked on it in boots. Probably not the best idea. Um, I almost turned my ankle on there walking on the field. So he's on to something. Mm-hmm. I know this for a fact because I've worked the football game there before. It is not a good football field at all. No. At all. That's our other problem is we, we really got to stay healthy. We really, really do. Giants okay. haters in a segment of their fans, not you guys, and still somehow find a way to blame Eli for this. Maybe this team is actually more than the quarterback. Strange how that works. Eli is living his best life, arguing with his brother Giant on national television the every day. still blame the quarterback. Just give me your jersey at this point. Mario Manningham left the Giants and was a nobody in San Francisco. Victor Cruz mentioned when he was with the Chicago Bears a few years ago, he mm-hmm. got spoiled in New York. Um you know, uh, Amani Toomer spent one offseason with the Chiefs before retiring, didn't even make the football team. And granted, he was very old at that point. I love Amani Toomer, one of my favorite Giants of all time. Brandon oh, Jacobs, the same thing. He, le- he left the team. He fell off the map. He ended up coming back. Jeremy Shockey didn't have the best career with New Orleans after leaving the Giants. Did get a Super Bowl ring, but yeah, not, not nowhere close to where he was in New York. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Appreciate your comments on YouTube. Keep the comments coming, folks. We love the comments here in the show. <laughs> Hank's laugh sounds like the hyena from The Lion King, and I love it. Um, you know you know what else I love? I love the fact that Daniel Jones got picked off on his opening pass for the first time in his career. I, I, I don't actually uh, love it. I hate it. Um, it's the first um, – time in a Giants game that there was a first series turnover exchange since week three, 2006 versus Seattle. It's been that long. Um, Back when the Seahawks had, I want to say Matt Hasselbeck quarterback. That was, we had Matt Hasselbeck's younger brother, Tim. Tim. Our backup quarterback. I remember Tim. I do too. Uh, Jones, look, he got sacked three times. He wasn't bad. Two touchdowns. It's just, look, the, the defense couldn't stop the run. They, they, they couldn't stop it when it mattered. But anyway, let's get into the few pros of this game. We'll name our Giants player of the week, and then we'll move on to previewing the Raiders. I've had enough of recapping this disastrous loss. Brian, really uh, having some fun here. Eagles will draft three wide receivers in round one. It's fun because giant content creators do mock drafts for the Eagles the whole time. And it was so funny. One one that we know really well picked um, an undrafted free agent center that the Giants ended up signing because he was trying to find a long snapper for the Eagles to draft in the seventh round. Couldn't find it. So he went with Brett Heggie, who ended up on the Giants practice squad. That was so funny. Love the Eli hot sauce oh. commercial. I love that too. He says he's approachably hot. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. I love also, it. <laughs> check out the Eli Manning show on YouTube. Even if you're not a Giants fan, you will knock your socks off watching that. And that is why Eli was, is, and always will be the GOAT. Who is this Tom Brady that we speak of? Honestly, <laughs> like, 
he'll never do this, but he should be the offensive coordinator for the Giants, in my opinion. No, he never will. He I, won't do it. Here's why I don't want that, because he's already a legend with the Giants. If something goes wrong, then the fans are just going to turn on him. I don't think I really want that, to be honest with you. Same it's like the why, same reason why I never really wanted Don Mattingly to become the Yankees manager. You don't want a legend to like go into a higher up position. Yeah. Fans yeah. Right. Same thing with the fact that Peyton will never be the commissioner of the NFL. Yep. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Brian's got a question, loaded question that might hurt to answer, but I just get this feeling they are facing another teardown. Where are you guys on that? Well, I think it's very, I'm not going to say it's very likely, but there's potential for it. Through eight games, under Dave Gettleman, in his four seasons RGM, the Giants have not started off with a record better than two and six. We've been two and six twice. We've been one and seven twice. Brian, I think you're right. A teardown is coming. Now, are we talking a complete teardown? I don't know. But a teardown probably includes Joe Judge. It probably includes Jason Garrett. It might even include Patrick Graham, which would be a real shame if we lost him. Um, I don't I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't see it coming. I see a Giants move happening where Gettleman retires or resigns and they promote from within or they hire somebody who's goody-goody with John Mara. But Hank and Sam, what do you think about this question? I hate the word rebuild. I hate it. I hate the idea of rebuilding because rebuilding doesn't happen in just like one draft. And like, I hate that that's like the expectation. Um, But yeah, I feel like there is going to be sooner than later, there's going to be a time where we're going to kind of just like compact, keep the essentials and just start working our way up again. Cause if it's not working, then we can't keep them around. If it's not working, we have to give them away and get new ones. Yeah, so it's just that's just the way that things work here. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't it's not something I want to think about, but if things get even worse, then unfortunately that that just might be what's for the best and you know what? Sometimes a rebuild can be a blessing in disguise. It's really all a matter of whether they hire the right people and I'd like to think that they will, but I'm just I don't know. I wish I, there's there's other things I, I can say on that matter, but I, I'm not going to go there. I, I just I don't want I don't want to even think about that right now. No. Yeah. I know we have some more comments. We're going to get to them in just a few moments. I want to get through some pros from this Chiefs game. Get to our player of the game and then move on. Um, so pros for the second consecutive game, the Giants don't allow a touchdown in the second half. The defense is starting to come into their own. They've recorded a takeaway for their eighth consecutive game, and the Giants actually won the turnover battle against the Chiefs. What do you know? Uh, The Chiefs now have two-plus giveaways in four straight games. The Chiefs had just 16 turnovers all of last year. They already have 19. They're having some serious problems. Um, And it's hurting Eric Bieniemy's stock as as a head coach if if this keeps up because, I mean, Patrick Mahomes right now has to start making the smart play, throw the football away, take a sack, Take what the defense gives you. Don't try to play superhero, right? Um, what else? Julian Love, first interception of the season. Mahomes as man, whoever wrote this down is a Mahomes has a pick in seven straight games. That's the longest streak of his career. That's correct. NFL, yep. college, That's and correct. high school 
level. No, I fact checked that before the show. It, it's true. I'm yeah. I I was just as shocked as you are, Tom. What else do we got? Logan Ryan, the forced fumble. We mentioned Cross and Leonard Williams had a good game. He now has a sack in three consecutive games. We mentioned Rudolph, his first TD is a giant. Um, Daniel Jones has now passed YA Tittle and is now seventh in completions on the all-time list. Also moved Correct. past Dave Brown on the all-time touchdown passes list, Hank. Um, uh, fun fact, they are both Duke alumni. This is true. Both Duke alumni. I like that. Also, fun fact, the Giants averaged more yards per play than the Chiefs in this game, offensively. I'm telling you, we should have won this game. All the numbers make sense. Should have. Except um, for the score. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> it's, 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 been, it's been too much harm on my brain. I'm going to tell you this. But first, we'll get to our honorable mention for Player of the Week. And I'm going to throw in an honorable mention because thinking about it, we probably should have considered him a little more before we made our decision. But it is Devontae Booker. Yes. Uh, Devontae Booker had 125 total scrimmage yards, 15 rushes for 60 yards, that's four yards a clip, and five catches for 65 yards, including a 41-yard catch. But our New York Giants player of the week, graphic made by the one, the only Sam Cardona, the girl who talks sports. Make sure to go check her out on her YouTube <laughs> channel as well, is Adoree Jackson. And Sam, let's break down through the text here. Let's talk to the folks why Dory Jackson, we decided, is our New York Giants player of the week. Yeah. So Dory Jackson, um, as many of you know, we signed him in free agency. He's 26, year old, 26 years old. Um, and we got him from the Tennessee Titans, who he was a first-round draft pick for. So I think that we got him on a steal in free agency. But um, something that's really interesting that we were discussing last night together on our phone call was the fact that he played 81 defensive snaps in this game. And it is a, those were 100% of the snaps, most of his in his entire NFL career. Um, and he's played 97% of defensive snaps this season again. Most in his NFL career this year. I mean, this week he had 12 tackles, eight of them solo, one pass defended. Um, I mean, he did such a good job. And, and our defense was, I think, as a whole, was really, really great. QBs only complete 59% of their passes thrown to him, which is like, like the, if you just drop it just a little bit, it's a 50 50 shot of whether or not a quarterback will complete their pass with a Dory Jackson in the coverage. 9.3 average of receiving yards allowed per reception. I don't think that that's too, too bad. Um, so, yeah, Dory Jackson has been, I think, one of our best free agency pickups um, on this team so far, figuring Kenny Galladay is injured and Kyle Rudolph just scored his first touchdown <laughs> as a giant in this game. So that is why Dory Jackson is our player of the week. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, with that. He was all over the place last night in a good way. <clears throat> this was easily his best performance of the season. And that, and like Noah said in the comments, that's the guy they wanted when they signed him. So, yeah, I agree with that. Not to mention he's been healthy all year. True. And injuries yes, that's what I'm saying. We're concerned with him coming in. Um, four mm -hmm. passes defended on the season as well. 
uh, 46 tackles. He's been available. And one other stat line I want to bring up, Tyree Kill, he moved a lot. Um, he was guarded sometimes by Bradbury, sometimes by McKinney, sometimes by Holmes because Hill likes to play in the slot, and then sometimes by Jackson as well. Hill had 12 catches, but for only 94 yards. So the Giants didn't – Hill didn't really blow up for any big plays. The Giants really didn't give up many big plays in this game, period. I don't think they gave up a single one. That was more than 30 yards in this game. So very impressive by the defense. But, um, yeah, we got the comments section blowing up. Let's get to it. This is great. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, uh, Eli living his best life, clowning it up with his bro. He yeah. should touch a Giants job with 400-foot pole. Actually, he works for the Giants already. He's part of their front office. He he is the director of, I think, player development or something like that. And he he plans events with the fans. He planned our fan fest this year. He's so he's so great. I love you. The goat. I'm sorry. I know I may have a Lawrence Taylor jersey hang behind me, but in my eyes, he's the greatest giant of all time. Eli Manning. Oof, that's that's going to be debate. That's going to be debatable with some old head. I said in my eyes, right there. Um, which, no uh, offense. Yeah. Um, Judge got to go along with the redhead. I agree with half of your statement, Joe. Thank you very much for the comment, by the way. Um, I don't want Judge to go. I don't think any of us want Judge to go. I just don't um, think he's going to go, whether no. we want him to or not. Ma- Mara is not. so – he loves him. Mara loves Joe Judge. I don't think he's going anywhere. No, I don't think he should go either. I just don't like what he said. I just don't like when he straight up lies and doesn't admit mistakes in press conferences. Uh, I don't know what this is, David, but, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for the comment. I, I we're not going to watch that live on the show. We'll talk about Henry Ruggs a, a little later. Um, what else do we got? Uh, Giants D Giants D has been decent compared to their past couple of years, but need more help. Absolutely. Corey says Mahomes is forcing the ball way too much. Brian, fun fact, Duke stinks. I'm a UNC guy. LOL. (laughs) Um, I'm a Notre Dame guy, so I'm neutral there. Um, Actually might lean more towards Duke. Well, our quarterback is from Duke, of course. Um, Booker ran hard. Got to give him credit. Absolutely, Steve. Booker ran hard, and I think He's going up against his former team this week in the Las Vegas Raiders. So that's going to be a revenge game for him, potentially going up against his uh, fellow running back in Josh Jacobs. So that should be a fun matchup to watch. Who gets more rushing yards, Booker or Jacobs? And with all the injuries to receiver, I think Booker could be a big part of the game plan. But we'll stay tuned to talk about that in just a few moments. Um Steve says, wow, Hank. (laughs) I'm guessing he's referring to what I was saying about, look, Steve, don't take that comment that I was saying too seriously. I know Lawrence Taylor's the greatest giant of all time. I I know that. Anyone anyone who knows their history with the Giants knows that's the case. I'm just – It's a hardcore Eli fan, okay? So am I, but I'll admit to you, Lawrence Taylor's the greatest giant ever. Um, All right. Before we get to the turnover, T, I just want to say – um, BJ Hill and Dallin Tomlinson are severely missed on this defensive line. I want them back so much. I, I, I really do. But you cut it, financial climate of the offseason, get it. So with CJ Board being out for the season, 
who are and Jabril Peppers as well. We saw Darnay Holmes returning kicks, and we saw Kadarius Tony finally returning punts, which is what I love to see. I get it. You're concerned about the injuries. That's okay. But Tiki Barber used to return punts. Amani Toomer used to return punts. Odell Beckham used to return punts. Everybody's done it. Why can't Tony do it? You know? Um, also, Billy Price is my least favorite giant. Just throwing that out there. Um, he has some serious issues at center. Sam, he literally blocked a run from yeah. happening in that game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just atrocious. It was just horrible. When I saw that, I was like, this is not this is not real. Like I said before, there's a reason why we wear different colored jerseys. It's so you don't block the people <laughs> that are on your team, Billy. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> I can't. Sometimes I need to laugh when listening to the mistakes <laughs> to keep from crying just thinking about that. Yeah. Just keep a smile um, on your face, Hank. Just keep on smiling. You can't keep, keep the hangster down for too long sometimes, you know? The price is wrong. The price is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, remember, he's filling in for our starting center, team captain Nick Gates, who has had now seven surgeries on – his, his 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 leg. You feel really bad for the guy. Steve says, "I love Eli too, but dang man, I was slightly offended." <laughs> Steve, so, didn't mean to, didn't mean to offend you there, buddy. So my apologies. Hank, I think I'm slightly offended, and Eli's my favorite player of all time too. Tom, <laughs> I was exaggerating. You know, I I wear my LT jersey more than Eli. You've seen it. Yeah, no, that's you no, also I, have LT hanging up right behind you. So just Tom, saying. you know damn well I respect history. I just who am I? Hank, I see that Mariano jersey in the back there. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> LT will have that title until Ojalari's career is over. All right, Noah, bringing in the, the Georgia stuff. And you left another comment before, something about um, Jordan Davis, the best defensive tackle I have ever seen. Aaron Donald is a distant second. Um, I'm going to have to look more into Jordan Davis. I've been watching film on a lot of draft prospects. I've been doing it since last May, once the draft ended. I'm, I'm a big buff when it comes to the NFL draft, but he's one player I actually have not looked at yet. Um Aaron Donald is a distant Davis. second. Yeah. What? I don't know about that. That's crazy. Um, oh, speaking of guys we could have had instead of Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Let's not get there. Anyway. Again, there no, I'm not salty. I'm I'm good. <laughs> you know what time it is? Turnover tea time. Tea time, tea time, tea time. Sam, where's your uh, bottle? It's trying to keep it. <laughs> oh, I, I totally missed the memo tonight. I, 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 you know, it's okay, Tom. I don't have my real mug. I only have my um, my giant water bottle. I don't want to walk out of the picture and grab my oh, coffee. I'm mug, but... That's all right. Sam, what we'll is the this. tea this week? Uh, as as normal, there's just always tea with the New York Giants. But this week, it is has to do with. I mean, we've been talking about Dave Gettleman and and all these people throughout this entire show. It's about Dave Gettleman, 
And uh, John Mara, if you want to add him in the mix. So he was asked, John Mara was asked, like, oh, how do you feel about Judge? And he was like, Judge is the best. I love him. We're keeping him around. Da -da 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 -da. Even gave out a vote, like a popularity vote, basically, for, for him. And when they, it was asked about Dave Gettleman, the energy for that was not there. The energy was way lower. And also, he did not get a vote. <laughs> John Mara was like, mm, no, we're just not going to let out the vote for, for Gettleman there. Um, I have the uh, little bit of this entire story from Jordan Renan, so I'll just read that off. Executives around the league are under the impression the Giants are quietly looking at general manager possibilities, according to multiple sources. Another ominous sign, which is what I was just saying, the Giants and owner John Mara declined an opportunity to provide a public vote of confidence for Gettleman this week after doing so for head coach Joe Judge with a New York Post reporter several days earlier. So, as we can see, the, the scales are tipped here. Joe Judge is up here, Gettleman's down here, and the fact that they're quietly looking for his replacement at this point in time, I would agree with what Tom said earlier this year, which is that Gettleman's going to retire, and he knows it's coming at this point, and he's just going to retire and go on his merry way, and we are going to get a new GM. And I actually have Gettleman's statistics at the Panthers and the Giants. So at the Panthers, he was 58-21-1 with four playoff trips, including the Super Bowl. And at the Giants, he is a 17-38 and record. So I think that just goes to show the difference between the Panthers GM, Dave Gettleman, and the Giants GM, Dave Gettleman. So the T this week is that Gettleman is out and Mara is already looking for someone to replace him. I'm still mad at Dave Gettleman because he brought Chase Blackburn to the Panthers as a, an assistant special teams coordinator and not the Giants. I'm kind of mad. Uh, we got Thomas McGoggy though, which I, I'm, ha I'm happy about, but that's another thing I hate Dave Gettleman for. Damn it. Um, Chase Blackburn. That's going on a tangent. The one that got away. Um, yeah. Clink! There's Jamie. <laughs> uh, dilly dilly. I'm not salty, Hank said, being slightly salty. Um <laughs> We're all a little. Sad. I guess no, no, we're no, we're two and six. Give us a, a, a <laughs> little bit of remorse. We're joking. Uh, Gentleman doesn't deserve a vote of confidence. I'll get the moving truck for him, Steve. I'll meet you and help you move. I think this is the truck. second the second time that Steve has offered to pay for Dave Gettleman's uh, moving truck here. So, Steve, we looking for some retirement homes or something? Because I think we could probably get that arranged as well. Um, but whoa. <laughs> Tom, what did I, what did I just say? There. I don't know I what I just said. I not expecting you to go there. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> this is a no-filter show. I'm just saying. I'm probably the yeah. least anti-Gettleman out of the three of us, too. <laughs> I know. I was like. It's yeah. warranted. It's you know, not unwarranted, though, your criticism, to be fair. This this disease that, that I have, it's, it's, called, it's called being a super fan of the Giants. It's... Uh, yeah. There's no cure. Any, any, anyway, I got to say, even though I'm not a Giants fan, I tune in almost every week because you guys do such a great job. Keep up keep up the great work. Although, if I could give Hank some feedback, the guest last night on hitting for the cycle had no clue who he was talking about. Thank you so much, Noah. Noah. Everyone's being so nice to us today. 
Sweet no, tea, right? Are you doing sweet tea tomorrow? Let us know in the comments. I, I want to watch if you are. Me too. Me too. Uh, college football show that they do over on the sports box. <laughs> yeah, I want to throw him out on the street. He can retire in Florida somewhere. Well, Live a happy like the rest life, of Dave. New York, right? Um, all right. So enough with the turnover tea. Oh, okay. Giants. Let's do this. Raiders. Let's do it. Raiders are coming off a bye week. They're five and two, an inflated five and two, but it's still five and two. Uh, two wins prior against the Broncos and Eagles. Eagles, we have not played yet. Broncos, we lost to. They put up over 30 points in each of those two games. And I have not watched the Giants Raiders game since 2013. So I'm so excited to watch this one in 2021. Um, I missed the 2017 game for reasons that you may not know, but uh, I'll leave that under the rug. But that was the game where Ben McAdoo coached his last game as the head coach of the Giants. They lost 24-17. Raiders lead the all-time series 8-5. to And I remember the most memorable Giants-Raiders game I remember was 2005 New Year's Eve. The Giants needed a win to clinch the NFC East. Tiki Barber goes off for a 95-yard score. Plexico had a 75-yard score. Giants 11-5, and NFC East champs. And they stopped former Giant QB Kerry Collins at the goal line. Stuff them. Playoffs, baby. 11-5 and Giants. And I went to sleep. Very happy young boy that night. And I woke up, and it was 2006. I remember that game pretty well, too. Tiki, 95-yard. That's that was the icing on what was probably his. I actually no, not probably. It 2005 was his best season as a giant. If you look at the numbers, he had so many games where he like rattled off at least like 150 yards. He even had a he even had a game where he broke a giant single game record that was like 50 plus years old. Had like 206 yards against Kansas City Chiefs. He was unstoppable that year. I could get into what happened afterwards, but I won't. But I definitely remember that game. That was definitely an underrated Giants season and pretty much the first good Giants team that I can remember, actually. What a nightmare that game was. Corey, if I knew you'd be blowing us up, we would have had you on the show tonight to talk about this, man. Uh, damn, yeah, that, that was a nightmare game. I remember Doug Gabriel was catching passes for you guys that game. Yeah, Randy Moss was a Raider, too, remember? Lamont Jordan, yeah. Um, I don't think they had Jervicious, but anyway. Uh, also, fun fact about this game, the Raiders' current interim head coach, Rick Basaccia, is a local native of Yonkers, New York, right down the road from Hank and I. How yep. funny is that? Definitely not not a local for me. That was too far for me. <laughs> Yeah, a little, little bit too far. Sam is located elsewhere in the state of New York. Uh, but but I'm in uh, Westchester, and I've been to Yonkers many a time over the course of 25 years. It's not too bad of an area. Bisaccia, and this is weird. The Raiders have come out and said this already. The guy's been interim head coach for two games. The locker room has his back, and they want him to return next year as the head coach. He played seven games this year. How can you possibly say that about a guy? I mean, it doesn't really make sense. Um, yeah, I'm really guessing that might have sense. to do with – I'm guessing something about that might have to do with John Gruden or something like that. But, yeah, no, If they, I, I guess they just really like him so much. I don't know. 
<laughs> Certified savage. You know, that's a very interesting comment. Um, expect some news of Gettleman's disappearance in a few days next. Uh, that's uh, great. This is an upset alert. Raiders keep winning, but they're not exactly a team I look at as a 5-2 and two team. I agree with you. They always fall off in the second half of the season, plus their team has been in disarray lately with all the incidents. Let's talk about Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. who was unfortunately involved in a DUI car crash incident Tuesday morning that killed a 23-year-old woman and her dog. Ruggs was driving 156 miles per hour, 127 when the airbags deployed. Ruggs was released by the Raiders on Wednesday morning, and um, a huge loss for the Raiders. Uh, I'm not going to get too far into the incident and what you know he's dealing with, but uh, just a terrible blow for a Raiders team. This guy was their leading receiver, uh, young kid, played for Alabama, second-year guy, and it's a real shame. Yeah. Shame. And just want to say, you know, thoughts and and good vibes go out to the to the woman's family who passed away, and you know, it's really just a horrible thing. And yes. you know, I hope Henry Ruggs gets whatever help he needs as well. But unfortunately, it seems like he's going to be serving some jail time. So it's all around just a horrible situation. Nobody wins here. No. Yeah, I completely agree. And listen, if you're ever in a situation where you're at a party, get an Uber. I don't care. Yeah. Don't complain about the prices of an Uber when you could be spending jail time and be paying as much as 10 grand on a DUI sentence. Or death. Yes, exactly. I mean, the guy's also loaded. The guy's also loaded as an NFL player, so I'd imagine he could afford an Uber. Um, But Steve, if Graham calls that game the way he did against the the Chiefs, I give the the Giants a shot at beating the Raiders. I agree, Steve. You're going to see our picks in just a few moments. But, um, boy, oh, boy, a couple transactions this week that happened. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Matt Skura, and Xavier McKinney, in addition to Gary Brightwell now, all in COVID-19 protocol. Uh, There was a report that said the Giants had 13 positives, but 12 of them apparently were false positives, including Saquon Barkley. The only person in the organization that I did hear test positive was running backs coach Burton Burns. That's why Barkley and Brightwell are in the protocol. Um, Giants signed wide receiver Alex Bachman back to the practice squad, a guy who plays some pickleball with license plate guy uh, <laughs> who we hope to get on a, on a later uh, show this season from Rockland County and Farrow Cooper as well. Former Panthers shocker there. Um, also fun fact, Jackson Barton, former practice squad guy for us is now the swing tackle for the Raiders. Fun fact. There you go one of two former Giants on the Raiders, including Jonathan Hankins. But now, before we get into the keys of the game, we'll just catch up on a couple comments. Corey, absolutely agree. These athletes have no excuses. Yep. Thank you. James, very well said. I Man, James and Corey, you guys have been great tonight in the comments. Yeah. I can really appreciate both of you. James actually commented at the end of my um, episode last night, actually. So, James, appreciate you uh, keeping the comments here, too. Tom, fun fact, Scavetta. Well, you know, <laughs> that's why we have a fun fact Friday trend going on Review and Preview. Make sure to catch our 
Fun Fact Friday post tomorrow on our IG account at 12 p.m. noon. Tomorrow is Friday. I didn't even realize tomorrow was Friday. Yeah, uh, two days away from another loss, huh? Uh, Sorry. (laughs) Wait. I don't know. I didn't say – I did not make my pick for the game yet. Just saying. All right. All right. Thursday night football starting soon. So let's roll through these keys to the game for the Giants and the Raiders. Keys of the game. Uh, Sam, I would like to start with you. What is your key to the game for the Giants? Um, One of my keys for the game is definitely going to have to stop the Raiders' defense. They have been on a roll and just absolutely horrible. I'm sorry, not horrible, really great. However, what is not as great is their run game. So we need to make sure that we use Devontae Booker as much as possible and use him in the way that we did with the Chiefs. Because if we if we utilize him against the Raiders' vulnerable run game, I think that's going to help us out a little bit. So that is definitely going to be something that's very important, as well as the fact that Daniel Jones needs to be protected. I feel like I say this every single week. But please protect Daniel Jones. He was running all around the field on Monday night, and it was just he he can't do what he needs to do if he's running around trying to get away from defenses. So that's what I'm saying. I like that point a lot. Um, Devontae Booker going up against his former team, 216 rushing yards with two touchdowns on the season. And the Raiders do have a solid defensive line. I think that is the one strength of their defense, Sam. They have – Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Solomon Thomas, rookie Quentin Jefferson, and former giant Jonathan Hankins. So that's the one solid part about their defense. So I do think establishing a running game is very important, Hank. Yeah, I agree. And um, as far as my key to the game, what do you think I'm going to say? Get off Already the field know. on third down. Enough said. The The Chiefs last uh, last Monday, they – they were 41% on third downs, which in the grand scheme of things, that might not seem too bad. But when you consider that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, I think the giant, I think a few uh, third, third down stops, that could have been the difference between a win or loss. And now with the Raiders not having Henry Ruggs, I think it'll be interesting to see how the defense does stopping them in these third down situations. And yeah, I would say getting off the field on third down and, I think another thing you could maybe argue is I'm going to add this too, even though it's not in the script, limit the penalties. That was probably one of the most, as I said, undisciplined games I have seen from the giants. And it's probably not the first time I've said that this year, but last, last game in particular, 11 penalties, not too many of them. You could maybe make the case for the Travis Kelsey, but even then, None of them were any calls that I thought the rest were in the wrong throwing the flag about. And if the Giants are going to go anywhere and make any miraculous run, it starts with this game. Keep the penalties to a minimum. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think stopping the run is key. Uh, Chiefs ran all over the Giants on Monday Night Football. Derek Gore and Darrell Williams combined were solid. However, Josh Jacobs is only averaging under 41 rushing yards per game. But – he does have five rushing touchdowns. They've, they've used him more in the short yardage situation. Raiders also have one of the weaker offensive lines in football. Outside of Colton Miller and Alex Le- uh, Alex Leatherwood, they don't really have anybody 
So their 31st ranked rushing offense does not scare me, but I still think stopping the run is important because they're down Henry Ruggs and you want to make them throw to guys like Hunter Renfro, make mm-hmm. them throw to Brian Edwards, try to get them the ball. Although Brian Edwards is second on the team with seven big plays this season, 2023 round pick from the South Carolina Gamecocks. So I think he could be a guy that emerges onto the scene here as that potential new wide receiver one. Because I always viewed Renfro as a wide receiver, too. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver one. But I think Edwards is that guy you're looking at saying, hey, you know, you, um, Renfro, Darren Waller, to the tight end. We have to stop the tight end. That's a big key. But one other key, score touchdowns in the red zone. Do not (laughs) kick field goals. This defense is not too great. Uh, Giants have one of the worst red zone offenses in the NFL. And one sad stat. No Giants player has more than one touchdown catch through eight weeks. Lovely. Good it, well, it, it just keeps on getting worse the more I look at these stats. Key to the game. Pressure, David Carr's. I was over. just going to say that, Noah. I was just going to say that the, the Raiders average – well, Derek Carr gets sacked at least two times a game. So with how Ojolari, Williams, how these guys have been playing in these games, it is absolutely like very, very possible for us to get Carr down on the ground. So I was just going to say that, Noah, and that, that I agree with you. Definitely a good key to the game. Absolutely. Uh, Corey says he likes Edwards a lot. He is. Zay Jones will have to step up. Zay Jones is now wide receiver three. Mm-hmm. So... It's going to be challenging for the Raiders to try to find that new number one target, but hopefully Edwards emerges. So moving on, players to watch. Um, Obviously, I think Derek Carr is one for the Raiders, completes almost 68% of his passes, second most passing yards per game this season on average in the NFL. The question is, how will he be able to rebound without Henry Ruggs? Um, He's one player. I like a lot. Um, Another player for the Raiders, obviously, um, that I want to throw out there that a lot of people might not talk about is Nate Hobbs. Um, Him and Trayvon Morig are two players in that secondary. I think people should keep an eye on Nate Hobbs. Pleasant surprise coverage for a Raiders secondary that was porous last year. So those are my two players for the Raiders. Um, Yeah, we'll each do two players for each team this week, if that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Hank, I'll throw you in the spot here. Who do you got for Vegas? All right. First one I'm going to say is uh, Hunter Renfro, and not to be confused with the uh, outfielder for the Boston Red Sox, but the wide receiver for the LA Raiders is actually leading the team with 38 receptions, 399 receiving yards, few touchdowns, and he's also he also has 186 yards that come after the catch, and you know that he's going to be getting the ball a lot with the absence of the significant name in that wide receiving core, so Definitely going to have to watch out for that. And uh, Sam, I believe it was you that told me yesterday that he has the nickname third and Renfro. That's pretty cool. And yep, it's an, it's it adds up to my favorite key in the game. Get off the field in third down. And this guy in particular, Giants secondary, will have to watch him like a hawk. And the other name that I have for you, I'm going to have to give you uh, Max Crosby. He is leading the team with five sacks, 18 tackles, and this is a guy that I would imagine the offensive line is going to be doing there is going to be giving the offensive line the hands full for sure. Absolutely. And Sam, before we get to you, 
Steve asks a question. Is it me or has Dexter Lawrence disappeared a bit? Um, a little bit. But, yeah. A little bit. I don't – I mean, I think he's still putting up good numbers. We're um, just not talking about him as much. Yeah. Again, he's been overshadowed by Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojolari. I think now that the Giants have a legit pass rusher, um, you know, Dexter, he's not getting to the quarterback as much. They're, I think they're taking him off more on passing downs. I think the Giants have used that NASCAR formation a lot where they go with Leonard, Aziz, uh, Lorenzo Carter, and then Zimenez. I think that's what they've been doing on third and long, at least from what I've seen. I could be wrong, though. Uh, Sam, I am going to go um, for Vegas. I'm going to go with Darren Waller um, with mm-hmm. Rugs no longer being on the team. Uh, Carr loves Darren Waller, and I believe he's coming back off of an injury of some sort in this game. Um, so he's been missing time. He's hungry. He's ready to go, and he is, I think, one of the uh, kind of underrated tight ends of this league. People talk about Kelsey and Kittle all day long, but I do believe that Darren Waller belongs up there. So he's definitely going to be someone to look out for. And I'll go with uh, on the defensive side, Yannick Ngakwe, four sacks, 15 tackles, three passes defended. I mean, he is just it, it, between him and Crosby. This defense really is something strong and definitely something to look out for. Interesting. Yeah. I agree. I like it a lot. Um, Denzel Perryman, too, leads them in tackles. He's solid. Um, we talked about Crosby and Gawkway. Uh We're we going reverse. Crumbs. What's that? We left you crumbs to pick off of, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's okay. I mentioned Carr and Nate Hobbs before. Um, oh, right, right. But we'll go in reverse order here. Sam, you can start with your two for the Giants. Then we'll go Hank and then me. And then we'll okay. get into these predictions and the injury report. So um, I think that one of these guys is going to be very obvious for me, and that's going to be Kyle Rudolph. Um, after getting targeted in the red zone in the, the Monday night game, I'm just hoping that they realize that this is this is the move that we need to do, and, and they do that again. So Kyle Rudolph needs more reps. He's going to get more reps. And after Daniel Jones has gotten that taste of how well uh, Rudolph is in the end zone, as uh, I've been seeing on Twitter, he's called uh, Kyle the Red uh, the Red Zone Rudolph Reindeer, something like that. <laughs> well, he just had a kid today. Are you serious? That's why he yeah. wasn't at practice. Makes sense. He's the newest member that. of the Rudolph family 39 oh, minutes ago. Good for him. Yeah, I saw it was like did not practice due to personal reasons. And I was like, oh, my God, I hope everything's okay. But that apparently everything is great. Um, so congrats to Kyle Rudolph. That is super, super. T- there it is. Rudolph, the red nose reindeer tight end begging for snaps. Yeah, definitely. And on the other end, um, I'll jump off of my keys to the game comment. And that'll be Devontae Booker. Run the ball kid can do it we can get yards that way um and he did such a great job on monday so those are my two and that's us assuming that barkley's not going to play which i don't think he is yeah i don't think he is either but for my players of the week or sorry players to watch rather i'm gonna look i'm gonna look at the defensive side of the ball and my first one is leonard williams had a bit of a slow start but he has slowly started to get better in fact I think he he went consecutive weeks with getting a sack. So he's another guy 
the Raiders definitely have to watch out for. And since I mentioned Leonard Williams, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Aziz Ojolari. This guy has been probably one of the uh, best players on our defense on the defensive side of the ball this year. He's probably the one guy you pretty much see show up every week. And as I'm looking for the comments, it's hard to get noticed when you have the best best pass rushing since since Lawrence Taylor. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't even. In fact, I'm not even. Not only am I going to say he's not only no LT. He's he's no Sam Huff either. Old school Giants linebacker from the 50s and 60s. For those of you who do not know, Google that guy. He was another pretty big deal linebacker for the Giants way back when. But in any event, Aziz Ojolari, I would imagine, is going to be all over the place. I expect him to be another big factor, too. So, yeah, those are my players to watch. All right. So you went Leonard and Ojolari. Sam, you went Kyle Rudolph and Booker. Booker. Okay. I'm going Daniel Jones. Um, still the leading rusher on the team. Jones uh, had the <laughs> eighth ranked passing offense in the NFL this year, partially due to him. I think he's going to ball out on Sunday and have a great game. I think he's going to find guys like Kadarius Tony. Um, and that's actually my other player to watch is him leads the giants with 343 receiving yards. 200 of those yards have come after the catch. Um, he makes players miss in open space. He's yet to score a touchdown this year, but with Shepard unlikely to play, he might be wide receiver one. Although Galladay did get in a limited practice today, so Tony could potentially be wide receiver two on Sunday if Galladay does play. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, you know. And then honorable mention for me is James Bradbury. Leads the team with nine passes defended, three interceptions. Um, he is going to be probably matched up against Hunter Renfro as of right now. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Corey says, I think Waller will have a huge game. Corey, I think you're right. I think Waller will have a huge game. I think the Giants, again, they're good at limiting big plays defensively in the passing game. So what's open? The middle of the field. Cover two man, Tampa two. The press man scheme hasn't been working too well for us. So a lot of coverage, a lot of zone. You know, but we'll see what happens because um, Giants need to stop Josh Jacobs first in that running game. So, um, yeah, those are our keys and our players to watch. Um, injury report. Oh, the Raiders barely have anybody. Jonathan Hankins <laughs> and John Simpson were both full today, but let's get to the Giants. Saquon Barkley did not practice dealing with an ankle injury and COVID protocol. Sterling Shepard with a quad did not practice. Pettis also did not practice with a shoulder. Nate Ebner, no practice with an ankle. Lorenzo Carter, also an ankle. Xavier McKinney and Gary Brightwell, also in COVID protocol, did not practice. Kyle Rudolph had a baby today, so he did not practice. Don't be worried about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. He will be available on, on, the, on the sleigh on Sunday. Um, Kenny Galladay was limited with a knee. Uh, I think we have to see how he is tomorrow, whether or not we can determine him to play. I think Tony will play despite his thumb injury. I think he's going to power through. I think the Giants at this point, they didn't trade guys like Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton, who the Giants were asked about Slayton, by the way, by a couple of teams, including the New Orleans Saints. But the Giants are, didn't trade anybody because Judge and Gettleman want to keep their jobs. And I don't blame them for not wanting to trade anybody. They went all in on this season. 
eight weeks in, I mean, you can't trade the house, I guess, right? Even though it would have been nice to deal with him. Anyway, Caden Smith limited with a knee. John Ross limited with a quad. This doesn't end, boy, doesn't it? And then Matt Scura practicing full today after missing yesterday's practice due to a COVID protocol. So it took about <sighs> five minutes to go through the Giants and about <laughs> 10 seconds to go through the Raiders. Yeah. When I when I did the injury report earlier today, I had to look through at like several different websites because I thought I was looking at the wrong thing. But no, it was just two guys and they were both full participants. All right. So it's time. It's the time that everybody's been waiting for. Our favorite time of the week, our game predictions. And of course, the Raiders, they are favored. I believe they're two and a half, three point favorites on the road. Uh, Noah says he expects Tony to go off. I expect him to go <clears> off <throat> as well. Hope you're right about that. Game predictions. Sam, you are up first. It has been many weeks that I have been rooting against the Giants, and I have decided that this is the week I will be going with the Giants. I am picking the Giants to beat the Raiders in MetLife Stadium 20-17. to 17. It's going to be close. It's going to come down to a field goal, but I'm, I'm going with it this week. You know what? This might shock you. I actually have the Giants winning as well. I'm going to give you a final score 27-23. I actually think the Giants will probably be ahead for most of the game. They're probably going to be sitting on their lead, but for the Raiders, it's going to be too little too late. I think the Giants somehow find a way to hold off because I don't know if the Raiders are as good as 5-2, and two, but I, I just think this is a game the Giants are definitely capable of winning, and fingers crossed, knock on wood. I actually want to mention I will be at this game on Sunday. Very excited, and I'm hoping to see a good one and looking forward to watching this game with a few good friends of mine, one of which is a hardcore Raiders fan, been that way for a long time. He's not, he's no bandwagoner and I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, all right. Well, now this got much less interesting. Sam's picking the Giants. Hank's <laughs> picking the Giants. Hell, I might as well throw in the towel as well because I'm picking the Giants too. Um, normally on a normal week, Ooh. if the Raiders weren't going through all this mess. I would pick them to win. But look, they're traveling across the country. They have a lot of issues right now uh, yep. at their wide receiving core. Um, I think e either team could win this football game. But from the beginning of the season, I marked this game as a win. I'm going to stick to that. Have the Giants winning. Bye. Oh, you guys aren't going to like this. Final score, 24-23. I think the Giants get a one-point win. Nice. Um, Makes sense. Yes, I know Hank went 27-23. So uh, I have the Giants scoring 24 points. And I do think Galladay will play on Sunday. I think that is a big difference maker for the Giants. Having Galladay and Tony, they won't have Shep. They won't have Barkley, we think. So that's what I'm thinking. Man, it's not good. Usually when the two of you pick the Giants, they typically don't win. So well, I'm really worried. No, oh. this this is one. Should, should I be worried? I, I don't know. That's kind of offensive, Tom. Oh, I'm well, it, it was it was meant to be offensive. <laughs> Actually, Tom, maybe you should. My track record at MetLife Stadium isn't that great, so I don't know. But this is one of the rare games that I actually feel better about the Giants' chances. So take what I said with a grain of salt. We'll see. Tom picking the Giants is the equivalent of a major plot twist at the end of a show season. Well. You know what? 
I appreciate that, Noah. And you know, I knew I, I knew this comment was coming all show that I'm about to pin. And Brian McArdle has not missed any prediction when he has commented on our show. Oh no. Brian McArdle says, I'll break the sweep here. Hope I'm wrong, but I can't go with the Giants this week. Big week from Waller <sighs> and Kenyon Drake, a guy who we didn't mention, 27-16 Raiders. Um Brian, Brian, thank you for ruining our evening and our show as well. Uh, really appreciate the comment. I spend all my Thursday mornings with Brian McArdle. Make sure to go check out our new episode on From the Stands, where we bash the college football playoff committee uh, and their rankings this week. Uh, I hope no, nobody from the committee is listening, but uh, Brian does a great job putting out stuff. YouTube, Twitter. Facebook page, subscribe to From the Stands. We bring it all to you. Andy Hopper, Brian McArdle, and myself. Just three guys from three different parts of the country. No big deal. Steve, Tom is on a roll tonight. Thank you, Steve. You're on a roll with the comments as well. Really appreciate that. Corey says, thank you, Brian. Uh, (laughs) Somebody had to pick the Raiders. And Brian, hopefully that breaks any potential jinx since you guys went three for three Giants. I hope so too, Brian. We'll Brian, see. he predicted the Kyle Trask pick. He predicted the win against the Saints. He predicted the win against the Panthers. And he predicted Cincinnati to beat Notre Dame two weeks before it happened. So, God. Hey, I'll what say this, though. Keep in mind, another thing I forgot to mention. The Raiders track record playing on the East Coast. It's not it's good. Bad. Yeah, And they also haven't won in New, in New York, New Jersey, whatever, since 2001. So... I mean, we, I've literally been, been picking against the Giants for weeks now. I feel like this was I'm, – I'm up on my confidence. I did well in a game even though they lost. Like, I just mm-hmm. – I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling it. So, mm-hmm. it. let's go. Let's go Big Blue. Yes. That's right. Uh, Sam Hank, any final thoughts before we sign off tonight and watch some Thursday night football? Yes, I'm ready to watch Mike White be a Hall of Fame quarterback today. Um, <laughs> I'm going to place a prop bet this week. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, I think we hit everything in this game. I'm I'm excited for it, and I think it's going to be a good game. So let's go Giants. All I'm going to say is this. The hanky curse at MetLife Stadium has to end sooner or later. This- I am going to see a win live. It is going to happen. It is the last time I saw a win was when I, interestingly enough, we beat Fitzpatrick and Jameis, uh, the Buccaneers in 2018. It's going to happen. Let's go, Big Blue. I'm pumped. That's all I have to say. You can't say that, Hank. You can't. Well, I'm that. sorry. I just, I'm trying to give a little bit of hope up, man. Like, come on. I, I'm teasing. All right. <laughs> Manifest, Thank you for Tom. That, Hank. Appreciate Manifest it. it. Great show, folks. Oh, Manifest. That is a great show, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Mike White, the Western Kentucky legend. Yep. Well, folks, we appreciate you all tuning into Big Blue Avenue tonight. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue if you haven't already. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And follow Review Preview Sports on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This is the platform we podcast our Big Blue Avenue show on every Thursday at 7 p.m. On behalf of Sam Cardona, Hank and Dictor, I'm Tom Scavetta saying so long. You've been watching Big Blue Avenue here on Facebook Live. Have a good night, everybody, and let's go Big Blue.